We're now listening to the Knicks State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy a little later on. In the show, we're going to have Colin Loring join us. Uh, he's going to talk a little about, get a different perspective on on the Knicks off season, and you know, of course, is he's a Net fan. We'll give him two minutes to talk about his Nets, and we'll make fun of him. That's what we we'll do. Uh, you know, so you know, we uh, we did not get to do the show last week. Chip, you were sick. How are you feeling? Because I you you were in the hospital, right? Yeah, I had to check in the hospital. Briefly, fortunately, but uh, thanks, man. I, I, a lot better now. Uh, it was fortunately, they thought it might be something with, like, my kidney or something, but uh, fortunately it just turned out to be a stomach virus, a really bad stomach virus. It lasted for, like, a week and a half. Right. It's past, I guess. I went to the doctor, went to the emergency room, and they basically just told me, like, hey, you're going to have to take some antibiotics and Eventually it'll pass, and it did, and now we're now we can do the show. I'm feeling a lot better. Well, so. I'm glad you're feeling better. I've been there yeah. before, man. I, I know how mm-hmm. that is. I've I had a you know a stomach bug about a year ago, right before I started working at Fox Sports, actually, and it was mm-hmm. a trip to the hospital as well. It was very severe, so I know what that's like. Um, yeah. but I'm glad you're feeling better, man. And um, you know we we're back this week, and we got a full. Um, you know, topics today to discuss. We'll obviously jump into uh, probably what everybody's been hearing at this point because it is that dead period of the NBA. You know, it's still a few weeks away from training camp. Uh, you know, people are just kind of just looking for stuff to talk about. And, you know, you probably have heard, and this is something we've heard all offseason really, is the rumors that the Knicks are going to be a favorite. Uh, for Kyrie Irving, not only Kyrie Irving now, but also Jimmy Butler. So th- there's a lot of hype. You know, you go on ESPN, you see articles. Are, are the Knicks really going to be able to do it? Uh, and Chip, we'll, we'll start with you. When you when you hear this, is this just August basketball talk, or or do you think there's something to it? I think there's something to it, especially Kyrie, because he is a Jersey kid. And he's been linked. It's not like some typical Knicks rumor because he's been linked to the Knicks for a very long time, like multiple years. And uh, when he asked to be traded from Cleveland, the Knicks were on his trade list, along with, like, uh, I think the Spurs were on there, too. Um, so he definitely has interest in coming here. Um, and like you said, the, there's the Jimmy Butler. He wants to team up with somebody and go to a team that has cap room and Jimmy Butler is a very good friend of his and the Knicks would be able to accommodate him and Jimmy and team them up and put him with Porzingis and that would be an impressive uh, uh, big three there. So, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely a shot there, uh, but I'm not sure how encouraged I am 
about it, I, I think it's very uh, Knicks-like for this to happen. I mean, <clears throat> to kind of get a guy like this where there's, you know, there's injury. He's definitely an all-star, incredible player, but he's, you know, he's, there's injury concerns. He's missed 61 games over the last three seasons. Um, the Celtics were great last year without him. Uh, not necessarily, I'm not saying they're better without him, but, uh, it's just, you know, he's an isolation player. Uh, he's a one-on-one scorer, you know, he's a point guard who averages five assists per game. I, I just feel like it's a very typical Knicks move to give a guy who has, like I said, missed 60 games over the last three years, just missed 22 games last year. Uh, even if, you know, what are the chances the guy's going to all of a sudden get healthy? It's very Knicks to say, all right, we're going to max this player out when he's about to turn 27 years old. Don't you think? It's, it reminds me a lot of the, the Carmelo Anthony thing. Don't you? I mean, like, to say this is a guy who's going to be the savior of the franchise, a guy who is a local product, just like Carmelo Anthony was. Yeah. Right, right, and it's a great point there that you know he is banged up, and he has been really his whole career—knees, ankles, uh, you know—and supposedly though, from this last surgery that he went through, the doctors are saying that they're pretty confident that the issue will is cleaned up, that he shouldn't be having. Uh, these knee injuries, but I, I just find that hard to believe because once you start having these kind of injuries, they kind of just linger. They kind of just show up, and, and that, that's at least what history has shown. So it's a little alarming. Uh, but at the same time, though, you know, it, it, it's the question if, with Kyrie Irving: Is it believable? Is it actually just just a rumor? I honestly do believe that there's some truth to it. And usually, Chip, you know, we've talked about all these guys that have been rumored that are supposedly interested in being a Nick, and me and you both sit here and say no. Uh, And and, and now, you know, we're we're both agreeing that this is actually, I think, for once, a a realistic chance the Knicks have. And the reason why I started to believe that, because, you know, when when you mentioned Chip, uh, when he wanted to be traded from Cleveland, and supposedly the Knicks were on his list. We talked about that 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 same week, and I I laughed. I was thinking, you know, I'm not getting my hopes up. Uh, this is just usually everybody that's available seems to uh, get somehow put it on the, the Knicks' radar. It's just always the case. You know, Kevin Durant, you know, you'll start hearing weird things like that just because people just want to find something uh, to discuss. I uh, and. What makes me believe this one is he's with the Boston Celtics, and you look at what the Celtics have, they are a team that will be running the Eastern Conference. With Kyrie Irving, he can be in a situation where, um, you know, it's, it's a... A team that should be able to compete for championships year in and year out, but yet he won't even sign an extension. That that makes me believe that okay, there there's got to be some truth to these rumors that at least he's not looking to remain in Boston. I mean, 
if he was, he would have signed already. And if he, if he, I mean, look at the team that they have. So the fact that he is not committing to them, and, and that the report saying the organization is actually getting a little worried that this is a legitimate chance that he's he's not looking to stay long term, makes me believe that he could possibly be a option to, uh, you know, walk out and, and join a team like the Knicks. And then there's going to be several teams, though, I think, that have a realistic chance for him. But as you mentioned, a hometown kid that seems to have, you know, he wants to play in the Garden. Uh, so I think it's a legitimate chance. Now, I don't know about Jimmy Butler, and that's the second part of this. You know, Chip, what are you hearing? Do you think Kyrie could get Jimmy Butler to come to New York? At that part, I don't know if I have bought into you yet. Um, so I think that's the only way Jimmy Butler would come to New York. Okay, Kyrie did. Um, but yeah, I think I mean Zach Lowe uh, wrote in one of his uh, articles. I think it was uh, a couple weeks ago, back, or back in July, maybe that the, all the rumors about Jimmy and uh, Kyrie wanting to play together were credible, I think is the word he used. So, yeah, they, there's definitely, you know, all these guys who are friends in the NBA, that's the new trend. They want to play together. And Jimmy and Kyrie are good friends. So, yeah, I think Kyrie could talk Jimmy into playing with him. Yeah, in New York. Um, but also, uh, uh, if they might play together somewhere else. So who knows? And, uh, but yeah, I think that it's a possibility. Uh, one thing also that worries me, because this has happened in the past, um, with the Kyrie thing, uh, it's, the rumors are so strong that maybe Kyrie's camp could be using the Knicks as like, you know, because Kyrie has had the injury problems, maybe uh, that can't Kyrie's camp is using the Knicks to try and make sure the Celtics offer him the full bag, as they call it, like mm-hmm. the max contract, because they don't want to get lowballed. Um, and you know, like DeAndre Jordan kind of did that with the Clippers. He took the meeting and he was like, "Oh, I love New York. It was great and everything." And then the Clippers gave him like $100 million right. <laughs> to make sure he stayed. But, um, yeah, uh, uh, it's just, uh, look, I'm pessimistic, as you know. I won't believe that Kyrie Irving is going to be a Nick until the press conference. <laughs> so, but uh, if, if the Knicks are going to get any of the major free agents in 2019, I think Kyrie Irving is their best shot. But I, but like I said earlier, I would be very squeamish about a max a five year max contract with the guy with his injury history. So, and I think you you just said you agreed with me on that, right? Right. right. You know, and it's something I can't lie. I mean, you have a chance to get Kyrie, and you got a chance to get Jimmy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, in a perfect world for me, my situation is we get those two, and we draft Zion Williamson. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. We do that, and then we got something here. We're not, we're, we got something if that happens. It, all the dark times that we have experienced, I think, would finally just come to an end like that, in a blink of an eye, if everything just fell uh, the Knicks' way. But 
you know, that's a perfect world, and we all know this is not a perfect world. Could you so. imagine if they win the lottery and get R.J. Barrett? Oh, my God. That, that wouldn't be look. bad either. That wouldn't be bad <laughs> either. But I'm, I'm, I'll settle for Zion now. I just want to – give me one of those recruits. By the way, yeah. I know we're going off topic a little bit, but did you I see them dunking yesterday? Oh, my God, from the foul line. Oh, my God. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. Uh, you know, I, I, to, to give me one of those guys at Duke – uh, next season to come along with these teams with those guys and uh, yeah I'll feel pretty good a- about my my situation of being a Nick fan I will stop hearing um, you know all those guys that love to make fun of me for being a Nick fan you know that would put it to rest I believe and just in a blink of an eye all could be fixed but things don't ever seem to work that way which that little hope there we 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 got to hope that's yeah. all we have but we are going to the draft yeah, yeah, that's kind of the point of it. So hope, hopefully that works that way. But I, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Is of course, and then things don't ever happen that easy for the Knicks. But it would be nice. It would be sweet. Uh, but we are going to wrap up this segment when we come back. We are going to. We might change the format a little bit here, Chip. We we we'll discuss it uh, during the break. We'll come back and we'll tell you where we're going. All right. Hi everybody, Matt Castillo here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Next State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOM Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Next State of Mind podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Next State of Mind podcast. So, Right in that first segment as we're doing it, we kind of got a, a curveball thrown at us a little bit. Colin Loring was going to join us later on in the show. Uh, he had something come up, so he, he's not going to be joining us this week. We'll have him on real soon. So uh, we decided to go a different direction here with the second segment. Uh, and it, It's a great time to look ahead at the schedule. The, the schedule was released last week. You know, we, we know... Uh, some of the big games, and Chip, you have the schedule in front of you, so what we're going to do, he's going to go over through, uh, obviously, the opening night, you know, Christmas Day games, some of these games that are, are key games, and we'll kind of discuss it a little bit. So, Chip, uh, when do the Knicks open up their season, and who they got? The Knicks open up the season against the Atlanta Hawks uh, at home Wednesday, October 17th, 7.30 game. Uh Trey Young, obviously, is the big news there. A uh, guy who the Knicks were rumored to be attached to for a very long time. Knicks fans were, some Knicks fans were interested in him. I think it's safe to say Knicks Twitter was very split on the Trey Young thing. Right. So, uh, Kevin, I think it's going to be very interesting. Kevin Knox making his Knicks debut against another very high profile rookie. That should be very cool. But also Kevin Knox um, making his uh, debut at the Garden going to be very cool, right? Um, and uh, then the second game of the season, not very long until the Knicks played the Nets. They played the Nets uh, a couple games later, uh, uh, October nineteenth on Friday. And with everything that's going on there, with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and his Canton trash talking, oh, yeah. I think that's going to be very cool. That whole rivalry will not have cooled at all, really. We know 
Ennis Cantor loves a good rivalry, and it seems like Spencer Tinwitty does too. So uh, that should be interesting. And then the next day they play the Celtics at the guard. So that whole first week of the season is going to be pretty entertaining. And then, uh, like you said, they play on Christmas again. They got um, uh, ah, sorry, the Bucks, uh, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo and the yeah. Bucks at the Garden. Uh, ESPN game at the twelve o'clock matinee. Uh, look, Giannis definitely plays well against the Knicks. That that's going to be a tough one for them. Um, look, I think there was some hope that Kristaps Porzingis maybe back at some point during the season. Um, I don't think he'll be back by this time, but uh, the middle of the season, maybe. Right. I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's that's like the most the most important date on the schedule is when when Kristaps Porzingis may be back. The most important game is hopefully when Kristaps will be back. But uh, yeah, the uh, there's also when uh, David Fisdale makes his return to Memphis on uh, November 25th. That should be interesting. Yeah. He didn't exactly have a very uh, pleasant uh, departure from uh, Memphis. Uh, that was uh, pretty ugly, the whole thing with your soul and that and all that. But uh, I guess other than that, I think the Warriors come in pretty early too, October 26th. Right away, they come into the Garden for the first time. Another national TV game. Oh, gee, thanks. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they play on Halloween. They play the Pacers national TV. Okay. Um, at the Garden, but uh, LeBron at the Le- LeBron comes to the Garden for the first time as a member of the Lakers. Uh, oh, I just, sorry, I just lost. I was scrolling down. Uh, yeah, he comes in as a member of the Lakers on. Uh, pretty late in the season, not until uh, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. All right. Uh, again, another afternoon game. But, uh, yeah, look, that's one that Knicks fans are going to have circled on the calendar. But um, always love to boo LeBron. But there's a lot of good ones, a lot of interesting ones. And, I don't know, I think, I think that, like I said, that first week is going to be fun. They get into some good ones right away. They got the Hawks the Celtics and the Nets, their first three games. So that should be, that should be cool right away. You, the Nets are in no uncertain terms, our rival at all, but they certainly think they are. Right. So yeah. it should be nice to see if the Knicks try and just blow them out by 20. Cause I'm sure Ennis Kenzer is going to try and score 30 points and beat the crap out of whoever is guarding. So that should be fun. You know, it, it when you come off the bat with who we open the season with, first thing that comes to my mind is we may have a chance to win opening opening night. We may yep, have a chance. They ain't going to be trying to win. Yep. <laughs> I mean, hey, if we can start off the year 1-0, better than what we were last year when we had to open the season against OKC. Uh, so, oh, God. Yeah, that was a rough opening game. You know, so I, I, I'd rather play a team like this, I think, you know, I asked last year if we can go ahead and play uh, some crappy teams um, to start the season to make me feel good about the first three games, and then they all go to crap. Um, so, you know, nice to see the Hawks. You know, yeah, I'm right there with, with Knox and Trey Young getting an opportunity to swear off. Um, of course, as 
you know, that anytime the Nets play the Knicks, it's more, you know, that bragging right type thing, who's the best team in New York, but it don't matter, even if the Nets um, were the better team, we all know, the Knicks are the Knicks, people are going to love the Knicks more than Brooklyn, that's the way it is, Um, they're kind of the team that's, uh, you know, kind of like our little brothers, trying to get attention, Um, again, there's some years that they're better than us, but the Knicks are the Knicks. That's just the way it is. So, but it, it, it is interesting to see another, um, you know, Twitter battle of words. I guess you'd call it with Cantor. Uh, and, and you're right; he's going to want to come out and take it to the Nets. So that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, starting now with the Christmas Day, uh, I was upset to see that we were on Christmas chip. How, we, we, what, what did you think about us playing on Christmas against the Bucks? Wait, you were upset? Oh, I'm upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? They ruined my Christmas. Oh, every year. Yeah. We've been through this chip. They ruin it every year. That's right. <laughs> Starts off great. It's a good day. And then the next play, and then my mood changes, and I'm not so jolly no more on a jolly day. And I and, and I think we're gonna get our butts kicked on national television. I don't I don't know. Am I being too pessimistic here? Yeah. Am I? Am I? My de- being overly dramatic, Chip. I think you're being. We're playing the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're playing uh, Golden State or something. So, I mean, yeah, Giannis is going to go off. Like I said earlier, he always goes off against the Knicks. But does anybody else on Milwaukee really scare you? No, they don't. They have Bledsoe I mean, still. I, yeah, they, that's right. They do have Bledsoe, but. Uh, I don't know. I think they're going to be more... Budenholzer is more of a defensive coach. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a big primetime game, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they got held under 90 points or something. But right. yeah, it's, it's, They're going to lose, probably. But that, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't want a loss on Christmas. I, I want to win on Christmas. You know, that would be um, a, a very nice Christmas present. It doesn't happen often, and... Um, you know, every, if we had the team that we kind of talked about in the opening segment, if we had Kyrie and Jimmy Butler and Zion or one of those other Duke players, Kevin Knox and Brzingis all on the floor, life would be good, but we don't. And we probably won't have Brzingis on the floor Christmas Day. So um, I was actually a little shocked, to be honest, that we got a Christmas game. Yeah, I, I, I know we're the Knicks, and I, I know as long as we are not you know, that team a few years ago when, uh, you know, Carmelo Anthony had to be shut down and we were playing a bunch of G League players, um, they'll put us on television. Uh, and uh, I was a little shocked by it. I just, with Brzingis, more than likely not going to be back, not going to be playing around that time. I was a little surprised that we did get uh, a Christmas Day game. But it is what it is. Hopefully they don't ruin my Christmas this year. I, I, I believe they will. They usually do. Um, and, you know, looking ahead at the other games, it's nice that we have Golden State out of the way early on, at least one time. Uh, it's good news because we know for sure Brzingis won't play in that game, and we know that uh, Brzingis gets eaten alive by Draymond Green, uh, so we won't <laughs> have to witness that. Uh, that. That's another positive right there. Uh, and it's a long time till we get to see LeBron James back at the Garden, uh, still Kind of upset that he went to the West Coast on me. You know, he's my favorite player. I'm not going to see him as much now because I ain't staying up at 10.30 to watch games. 
Uh, and yeah. you know, only going to come to the the garden twice, which I guess is a good thing as well because we don't have to see him as much, and you know, we know what he does at the garden. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's a good thing maybe that game's on St. Patrick Day because a lot of fans will probably be drunk and not remember the beatdown we're going to receive. <laughs> so that's another positive. Look at all these positives I'm finding in the schedule. I, 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 everybody's thinking, "Oh gosh, you're being you you're, you're being way too over dramatic about this." You know, we're not going to be that bad because there's some people again who really think the Knicks are going to be a, a contender. I see it every day, and it just it's pitiful and just. I just want them to realize that we're we're not uh, that team quite yet, despite the organization actually, I think, heading in the right direction. So if you want some positive talk, we're heading in the right direction, but this year is not going to be a very significant year. And that's fine. That's okay. I expect it. I'm okay with it. I'm already, you know, I don't expect to see one of those uh, false you know, hot starts that we have seen the last two or three seasons this year. So, at least there's that. But, you know, overall, uh, excited to see the schedule out. I'm trying to pick the game that I'll, I'll go to. I'm looking at that December 14th game uh, that would be in Charlotte. That's, you know, fairly close to me. And just Unfortunately, I think that's a Friday night. And at the radio station, uh, Friday is, is actually my longest day. I'm usually there all day. So, I'm kind of hoping that possibly I can get somebody to cover me or if I can have that evening off to go see that game because um, last year I did not go to a, a Nick and Charlotte game last year I went to go see LeBron for the first time uh, and I looked at uh, going to the Knicks and Charlotte back in like March whenever it was and I was actually going to see if I can get passes media passes to go uh, and right around that time is when Brzingis went down with the injury and I decided I'm good uh, I'll sit this one out as well. Um, don't want to go all the way there. Persingas is not going to play. So that kind of worked out. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's at least, you know, it, to me, I think this offseason has gone a little bit faster, Chip, than last year. Uh, I felt like we Definitely. were in the offseason forever. And just talking about offseason topics, you know, for it, it literally felt like a year. So it, it's not that far away. I mean, it's a few weeks of training camp and then preseason uh, would you agree? Do you think that the off season this year has kind of flown by? Definitely, because there's more to be excited about this summer. I think right with like the direction with the, they're heading with in. the co- yeah yeah with the direction yeah. right. Um, and also, I don't think we really last summer. Chris Hobbs was still kind of a mystery, right? How good he could be. We didn't know if he could be a franchise guy, really. right? And then we saw what he was capable of, if even it was for a brief moment, you know? Absolutely. Uh, So with that being said, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to get back into doing our top 10 all-time Nicholas. Uh, We will make up for last week missing that, so we'll do two picks. It will be our seventh and sixth pick uh, coming up in just a minute, so you do not want to miss that. We'll update you of who... We have uh, took so far with our selections, and um, we'll be back after the short break. Hello, everybody. Mac is still the co-host of the Nick State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at 
Elite Sports NY, and the rest of Elite Sports New York social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the final segment of the Nick State of Mind podcast. So we're going to jump right into it. This is our Nick all-time top 10 list where Chip and I have revealed our, our one week at a time, you know, our top 10 Knicks. We, so far, we got their picks from 10 through 8. Uh, so we'll make up for last week. We're going to do 7 and 6 here. Uh, and just to give you a quick recap of the guys that we have taken so far, uh, Chip and I both agreed that it was uh, Allen Houston at 10. And then 9 for me, I took Carmelo Anthony. Chip took Dick Barnett. Uh, and then the next week, we did our 8th selection, and we flip-flopped. Chip took Carmelo Anthony, and I took Dick Barnett. Uh, so now we are going to reveal our seventh man on our list. And, and Chip, we'll start with you. Who's number seven on your list? Number seven on my list is Bill Bradley. Okay. Uh, first of all, one of the most deciding factors, maybe the deciding factor on my list was the fact that he played on the 69, 70, and 72, 73 championship teams. Uh, he is in the Hall of Fame, even though uh, I question whether or not he should be. Um, he's Because he, he averaged 12.4 points and 3.2 rebounds for his career. I mean, 3.4 assists. I mean, those really aren't the remarkable numbers. Uh, his highest points per game average for his career was 16.1. I mean, I mean, those don't really scream Hall of Fame to me, but hey, the, you can't deny what the guy did. He did do some impressive things for the, as far as being an, an all-time great Nick. You know, he's third all-time in Nick's games played behind just Patrick Ewing and Buck Brazier. It's all-time in minutes played. He's in the top 10 in a Field goals. Um, he's in a. He's, yes, he's sixth in assists. He's tenth in points. Uh, he's he's up there in a lot of offensive categories. Pretty much, he's eighth in field goal. He's a career eighty-four percent field goal uh, free throw percentage shooter, which is a uh, an impressive number uh, for his career. I think he played well in years here, eleven years. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, pretty much the the deciding factor is the the two championships because um, his numbers really don't stand out very much. But um, yeah, uh, I think he he earned a spot on there with the two championships, and I gotta give him a nod for that. And also, like I said, longevity. I mean, he, he played on that team for he, he's third all time in games played. By the way, I was looking at that list and something I. I never would have guessed. You know who's uh, fifth all-time in games played for the Knicks? Phil Jackson. Wow. Wow. Yeah, right? (laughs) Phil Jackson. Crazy. But, uh, yeah. um, Yeah. uh, He he earned this spot, even though, like I said, I question his Hall of Fame spot. I I think he's legit there. But, um, yeah, he's... My my number seven pick is Bill Bradley. You know, it, it's funny that you talk about how 
you're not sure how he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, we actually talked about uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame on the radio show a couple of weeks ago that the Basketball Hall of Fame seems to be the most lenient one out of all the other sport Hall of Fames to get into. Absolutely. You, know, you can, Absolutely. you know, because it's a basketball, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. There's so many reasons why you can be put into it. And we looked at the criteria and it's like the easiest out of all of them. So there's some guys in there that you go, really, those are Hall of Fame numbers. And and Chip, I, I got I to gotta say you talk some sense into me. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I started looking at it and I said that I would be eaten alive if I did what I was going to do, it made no sense. Um, that's probably um, looking at it a little too quickly. And, uh, yeah, you saved me on this one. Uh, I'll reveal who I would have put here when I get to him, but I'm going to have to switch it. Yeah, and and I agree with you. I'm going to put Bill Bradley as well. Yeah, it's – Wow. Yeah. I changed I, your mind that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. I'm looking at it. I'm comparing, and I'm – no – yeah, the numbers. I mean, he was a big part of this team, but the numbers don't quite. They don't. No, I can't do it. Yeah. So I right now you're probably thinking, what is he talking about? I promise you, when I make this selection, I will admit my 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 mistake that I was going to make. Uh, and when I told Chip before we came on, he was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And then I started looking, and I was like, "Ah." <laughs> Uh, he's right on this one. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna try to be um, look a little bit smarter, even though I'm gonna tell on myself. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go to the safer pick here. And when you hear what I was gonna do, I'm sure you're gonna be like, "Wow, really? What were you thinking?" I I, I wasn't thinking that one fully through. I I can say that. Uh, so Bill Bradley definitely my my eighth selection as well, or seventh, excuse me. Um, and now we'll jump to our sixth best and. Uh, Chip, we'll start with you. Who's number six on your list? Number six on my list is Dave DeBusher. Okay. Uh, I think he's one of the most underrated Knicks of all time. Um, one of the most underrated players of all time. Uh, you know, he played in New York uh, for uh, six years. <coughs> Excuse me. For six years. And he was an all-star five times. Uh, he was an all-star eight times overall, Hall of Famer, like Bradley. He was on both championship teams. Uh, he was the thing that I loved the most about it. Um, six times all defense. He's noted as one of the, like, one of the greatest defensive players of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and his numbers are fantastic for his career. 16.1 points, 11 rebounds. With the Knicks, 10.7 rebounds, 3.1 assists. Uh, his numbers are really impressive. And he's just a, he's an impressive player. I mean, underrated. Um, the thing that stood out to me the most, and when I read about him and all that, uh, I is that six times all defense. I mean, you can't deny that. Obviously, the guy was known for his defense. and uh, But, yeah, I, that stood out the most to me. And then, like, uh, playing on both uh, championship teams definitely is something that was impressive. And averaging 11 rebounds at six foot six 
I mean, <laughs> I know that guys weren't as big back in the 60s and 70s, but, I mean, that's a lot of rebounds for guys six foot six still. Yeah, and that's a solid pick right there. Um, I am going to slightly... Eh, Looking at some things, yeah, I'll put Bernard King here. I'm going to put Bernard King here, and I know King, I mean, you look at what his stats were from 1983 to 87, the guy averaged 26.5 points per game, um, But and, and, and a lot of this was kind of on his fault, but you know, he played just 138 games in a Nick uniform. We all know about the injuries that he had. This guy could have been one of the, the best scorers, I believe, in league history. Uh, if he didn't have those those injuries, those ACL injuries that he suffered and had to battle back from, I mean, it took him like two seasons uh, just to get back. And, you know, he averaged in, in 84, 85 season, the 32.9 points per game. Uh, and by the way, that that's most by any Nick uh, to average points per game in a season. That That's the high mark. Um, but, you know, it was just injuries that kind of, cut into his career and and his greatness and I think I I am kind of penalizing him a little bit here because the amount of games that he played and again I know that really kind of out of his control with the injuries that he had to suffer um but you know absolutely if you ask me who I think uh you know is a better Nick and I've been you know people talk about this a lot Bernard King or Camelo Anthony which one you would take and you know this is Obviously, putting Camelo Anthony number nine on my list, I, I would take Bernard King. Um, you know, just again, I really do think that if he didn't have all these injuries, this guy could have been something real special. And he already was a very solid player and had a very good career. But uh, you can't help but think if this guy was healthy, what else he could have done. So at six for me, I'll go with Bernard King. I promise you now. You'll you'll hear what I was talking about with my seventh pick and what um, you know I kind of changed it up at the last minute with Chip uh, kind of talking some sense into me a little bit. Um, definitely made some sense. So that could possibly be next week. You may want to stay tuned and hear what I was going to do. But uh, with that being said, we are going to wrap up the show for today, and we'll be back next week for another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast.